No one, myself included, likes to be told what you have to do. Sometimes if you don't come to the realization that it is good for yourself, for your family, and for the communal good, then mandates or requirements become necessary. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Oh, God. Sit down, Anthony. Just sit down. Oh, I'm sorry. He already is. He's short. He's about this tall. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. This is the Sean Show, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. You know, just every now and again, you you rednecks and rubes, you're just too damn stupid to know what's good for the community. And if we tell you to get three shots, you you silly rubes should get three shots. Stop moaning and whining about your stupid freedom. Blank you, dude. You know what else he had to say? Uh, he suggests he said this yesterday that if you because this will this will this is how you ring in the holidays, man. He says if you're having a, a stinking Christmas party or you're having family over for Christmas, that you should probably have your guests prove they are vaccinated because nothing says uh, you know the uh, Christmas spirit. Like asking somebody to see their papers. People should, if they invite people over to their home, to essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. That is the reality of the situation. He said the rules uh, would make vaccinated people feel comfortable. You know what? No. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know if we're having any people over to the house, but I'm not going to have people show me their stinking papers. I'm done with this stuff, man. I'm just done. I'm done, done, done. You know what? I'm not getting a booster shot. I don't care if you do. I'm not, I'm not again. I'm not, I don't hate vaccines. I got the two shots, all right, months ago. But that's it. I'm done, man. Uh, you look at this Omicron or uh, Kodachrome or whatever the hell they're calling it, and it's the weakest strain of this thing. This thing is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. It's not ever going to go away, but you, just like all the other stuff you have swimming around and swimming around in your system, you may get it and not even know it. We, we've cut off contact with uh, about seven or eight different countries in South Africa, in Africa, uh, for no reason. And they're using this Omicron, this this unicorn, this whatever the hell it's called, this omnivore. They're using this uh, to hype it up so that they can cheat the next election, and you know it. It's exactly what this is about, to cheat an election. And also to keep uh, little Anthony Fauci on TV, little wee Anthony Fauci, who's a little taller than a keychain. In fact, you could probably use him as a keychain. Um, he, he loves being famous, he loves the spotlight, and plus, he doesn't want you thinking too hard about gain of function. Right? He needs to be at the forefront of this new wave of the epidemic, of the pandemic. He needs to be at the forefront, so man, it's gotta be bad. Don't worry about that pesky gain of function stuff I helped fund, uh, several years ago that created the damn pandemic in the first place. No, let's think about this new variant. Make sure when uh, Uncle Schmo comes over to your house that you, you see his vaccine papers or don't let him in. <laughs> How's that supposed to work? No, seriously. I mean, he, this, is a, this is a man who yeah, arguably uh, is somewhat intelligent. He's got uh, lots of stuff on the wall saying he's an intelligent guy, right? He sits around and thinks up this crap. He is the most highly paid employee of our government. And he sits around and thinks up this crap. You know, let's see, what should I do next? Have him show vaccine cards at holiday parties. I'm trying to save lives after I tried to kill people by creating the damn thing in the first place. Uh, whatever, Fouch. <laughs> whatever, man. Two one. Are you are you gonna anybody out there uh, gonna make people show their vaccine cards before they come over to your house for Christmas? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five, or do you think this is a stupid idea? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I'm I'm done with the COVID thing, man. I'm just done, I'm done. Unless I absolutely have to go into a place where I absolutely have to wear a mask, 
I'm I'm done, man. I'm not going to worry about no booster shots. I'm not going to worry about, uh, I'm not going to freak out about it anymore. I'm not going to think about it. I really haven't been thinking about it. In fact, the only time I think about it is when i got to talk about it on the radio. That's it. That's it. Uh, so I guess that would be my follow-up question to you. Uh, are you uh, still freaked out by COVID or are you done? Are you t- uh, taking Rand Paul's advice to just not listen to the Fouch and go on with your lives? 210-599-5555. Also, I, I have a little pickup from uh, from Ware and Rima in, in one of the final segments there in that I brought up, I have a pet peeve with how people text and post. And I brought up a Britney Spears story where she's uh, tweeting from uh, Cabo in, in Mexico. And she's uh, she's sending out tweets about her how, how happy she is to be free of that conservatorship and all that stuff. And I don't give a crap about any of that. I, I brought it up because she does something that, when people do it, it annoys the crap out of me. It's when people use multiple exclamation points to show how freaking excited they are about something. Or how freaking happy they are about something. And it just, it, it's just some, it, it's no big deal. It's not, not the end of the world. But it's just one of those things when I see it, it bothers me because... Like I said, you you only need one. You you only need one exclamation point. I know it's nerdy. I, I know it's you know people don't understand. But you only, Chris, you only, you only need one, just one exclamation point. Well, if you want to get nerdy, maybe they work like positives and negatives, and one cancels out the other. So no. if you no. have an odd number, that's actually one exclamation no. point. If you have an even number, that's actually a period. No. Nice try. No. No. You just need one. You only need one question mark for me to understand you're asking a question. You only need one exclamation point to show that you're excited. LOL, exclamation point. Okay, just one. Okay, well then here's my pet peeve, is when people say LOLing. Yeah, I hate that too. I was LOLing. I was laughing out louding. Laughing out louding. (laughs) I was laughing out louding. (laughs) Or laugh out louding. Well, since I brought this up on the air, uh, about half a dozen people have sent me texts and emails with multiple exclamation points. Thanks, Big G. Thank you, thank you, sir, for checking in with me there with your nine exclamation points. I'm surprised Chris hasn't started texting me and filling up my mailbox with little multiple exclamation point messages. Yeah, I hate that, too, with like nine exclamation points. Don't give me any ideas. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I love the English language, but we're destroying. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the text, there, Chris. Yeah, nine exclamation points. Thank you. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Chris. I'm just saying we're destroying the English language. I deal in the English language. My life. Thanks, Don. Thanks for the uh, Facebook message. Thanks, there. Uh, you know, you got crispy there. Looks like there's about thirty exclamation points there. Delete. Uh, I'm just <laughs> could be doing a lot of deleting today. Hold on. Did you just delete my message? <laughs> exclamation points. Hold on. I got. Well, no, that would be multiple question marks. Yeah. It's just one Hold of those on, things. Change over. You We're... deleted my message. You jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you punk ass jerk. Here we go. I'm waiting for my wife to text me. How many exclamation points? Punk ass with like nine exclamation points. Right. It's just, do you understand we're destroying the English language in this way? It, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but over time, we're going to be talking like dolphins to each other. You know what I mean? We're just grunts and clicks. Mm-hmm. We'll be speaking in pure emoji emoji speak. Sad face emoji. You know, it's just we're, we're on the way, man. Right. Grunts and clicks. That's what's at the end of this road. Like the dolphins. Like the dolphins, man. <laughs> that was the worst dolphin imitation I've ever done. Well, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about there. You're, that's dolphin speak for I'm stuck on a sandbar. <laughs> Could you please assist me? As I have no fingers to use to dial 911. I'm not Stop here. Stop laughing. I'm not here on porpoise. porpoise. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go. Porpoise. I'm on porpoise. Porpoise. I can't even say it. 
Okay. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. So if you use multiple exclamation points to show everybody just how freaking excited you are, stop. Just stop. Or don't. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Linda. Linda wants to talk about exclamation points. Here's Linda. Hey, hey, Sean. Linda. Oh, I was talking about, oh, the guy that just dropped out of the, uh, Matthew Dow, yeah, the guy yeah. dropped out of the uh, lieutenant governor race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you I can't remember if I called him a DB or an HJ. I'm not sure. H-H-J. H-J, H-J. yeah. I, did, I don't know what that means. But well, I, I can't say it on the air. That's why I use the letters. Go ask your coworker. Go down to HR and ask them what HJ means. No, no, no. We're busy. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go down to the HR department and ask him about, hey, what does HJ mean? <laughs> do it. You think and so everybody knows? Well, I think, well, you don't, but I, I think most people do. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, HJ, go down to HR. I will. And I ask will. them about what an HJ is. Well, I'm <laughs> over, so, so I, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's bad. I'm I'm HR, and I don't know what it means. Oh, so. oh, you are HR. Oops. Yes. <laughs> are you really? Well, we can tell you Ask this. Yourself. It, it doesn't mean Howard Johnson's. No. Okay. <laughs> it certainly does not. Ask your coworker and say HJ. And Sean said my, his mother told him it would make him go blind. Okay. Well, he'll tell me what that means. I mean, I oh, know dude, what even that better. Means, but... A dude would know. <laughs> oh, it's a dude. Okay. Okay. Right. Good luck well, with that. Have a wonderful day. And, <laughs> you too. I don't make. I'm not making fun of you. I like to have fun with you. That's all. There's a difference. Well, okay. Well, we're having fun. Good. That's all I care about. Yeah. All right. Me, me too. All right. Okay. Have, have a great day, Linda. Just being happy and jovial. Happy and jovial. Happy and jovial. Yeah. I can't wait to see you that email when it gets sent out. To... <laughs> well, it's a little tricky thing I developed years ago. Instead of actually saying disgusting things on the air, just to put the letters out. Right. Okay. Smart people know. Smart people know. I'm kidding, Linda. You're just nice. She doesn't know because she's just nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bad girls know what that means. <laughs> if you were a bad girl, you'd know. If you were a bad girl, you'd know what that means. The good girls don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> naughty, oh, naughty. Oh, God. 210 That poor woman. We're not even 25 minutes in the, into the show. Here we are. You know, she called with a legitimate question. Well, it is a dirty thing, though. So, I mean, right. how did I get around? How am I supposed to get around that? I guess I guess that was a Christmas thing, like Chris said. You know, it's means happy and joyful. Well, you sh- but, need to ask but... her to film it when she asks him. <laughs> Linda, when you when you ask your your coworker there what that means, make sure you got some video going. Yeah. So we can play it on the air with a couple of beeps. Right. We do want to see that. Actually, that'd be kind of fun to it, watch. It is amazing to me how I can talk about stuff on the air that I could never talk about in the hallway. Like I, I couldn't walk down the hallway and go, Ah, that guy's a real HJ, isn't he? <laughs> the beauty of that is, if you were to say that in the hallway, two people would hear it. But you say down the air and the whole building hears it. So that's... Isn't that weird? <laughs> but I can't, you're right, nobody would pick up on it in the hallway. <laughs> but half of them are listening to this damn show and they're hearing me say it right now. You know, when I, like when I talk smack about, uh, uh, Jen Saki 
Hey, sweetheart, go make me a sandwich. You know, if I walked into the sales department, hey, you, go make me a sandwich. <laughs> I'd be fired. You know what I mean? But here, I can get away with it on the radio. Isn't my life cool? 210 You'd be like, make me a sandwich or I'll start picking at your food again like I did that time with that piece oh, of chicken. Oh, hey, that will not never leave me the chicken thing. Not at all. Yes, I grabbed a piece of batter off a breast of chicken sitting in the, in the kitchen. That's who I am. It That's might have I... been forgotten if you hadn't mentioned it on the air. I don't really? care anymore. I'm proud of it now. It's good to be the king. 210. <laughs> I will eat your freaking lunch, okay? I am the batter-picking king. That's right. And I will eat your freaking lunch. Let me tell you something. If you leave your lunch on the table, or if you put it in the fridge, I might just eat it, because I'm a jerk. Okay? That's just what I am. That's who I am. Silly HJs. <laughs> I almost said it. 210 <laughs> I'm I was uh, it was that Eric Clapton song or Willie and the Hand Jive. That's what I was. <laughs> hand Jive. That's, that's what, what it I was bring to. Yeah. Hand Jive. Yeah. First word correct. Second word not. You listening, Linda? <laughs> hand Jive. Hand Jive. Leave out the jive. There you go. Put something else in there. <laughs> Two one zero. <laughs> it's your job to figure out what that means. That's right. Your HR. You need to know what HJ stands for. Right. Okay, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Obviously, it's the Sean Show. We'll be right back on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back, News Talk 550. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071938. Phone lines are open. <laughs> Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. And it, just as a pickup, because we were talking about Matthew Dowd yesterday, and I said H called him an HJ. Linda, who called us, was wondering what that meant. We also know that Linda is in HR. Linda, because you work in HR, in a sense, it is your job to handle the situation. Okay, uh, let's go on to another HJ, Hillary Clinton. God, what's wrong with her? Hillary Clinton needs some help. She needs some serious, like, psychotropic service. I don't know, man. What difference does it make? You, you, honey, you're, sweetheart, you're you're losing your stuff, man. You ever cruise in face puke and you see these master class things that look really freaking obnoxious? You know what I mean? Like, with, like some obnoxious celebrity or some obnoxious writer or some obnoxious musician. You know, we'll teach you how to do whatever it is they do. You know what I mean? Master class. And, you know, like Steve Martin will teach you how to be funny. <laughs> you know, and they, I, I've never checked out. I, I, I don't know how much they cost, but they cost money, right? Uh, it's a money-making venture, obviously. You know... Where Tim Burton tells you how to make creepy movies, uh, uh, you know, and I've, I, like I said, I've never, I've never subscribed to one. I don't really have much of a desire to. James Patterson teaches you how to get other people to write your novels for you. If you, if you actually, if you know how much it costs, uh, let me know two because I'm just curious how much that costs. Well, Hillary Clinton is the latest one. Hillary Clinton is now doing a master class video. And let's see, what is the uh, what is she teaching you? Because uh, holy crap, I hope she's not teaching you how to be Hillary Clinton. It's some gibberish about resilience. It's about resilience. She teaches a master class <laughs> in resilience, and uh, they take about seven minutes of this, and they played it on Good Morning America, I think. And oh my God, she reads. She reads the speech, her victory speech that she would have read, had she beat Donald Trump in the election. We have some audio. Check this out. I dream of going up to her, and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms, and saying, "Look at me, listen to me. You will survive." Oh God. 
She reads the whole freaking speech, man. Her freaking victory speech that she didn't get to read because Donald Trump, because she couldn't cheat her way through the election. Man, she's got to let, you know, people because of January 6th that are like, Donald Trump needs to let it go and he lost. You know, now he had some pretty valid questions as to why he lost, man. We're, uh, you know, five years out, and this chick can't let it go, man. She read the whole damn speech. I didn't watch. I just watched a few minutes of it, and I'm like, this is so pathetic. I can't, I can't assault my mind with this anymore. It's so obnoxious. What exactly is she teaching you in master class? By pathetically, I almost felt bad for her. Not, not really bad for her, but embarrassed for her. You know what I mean, Chris? Like, do you have any idea? But see, this is, this is how obnoxious these people at that level are. And probably there are a lot of morons who voted for her who will watch this video and they'll, they'll start crying too. Because <laughs> only morons that voted for her are even going to watch this thing to begin with, right? But, you know, she has absolutely no clue how freaking obnoxious and pathetic she is. Reading her victory speech. So, anyway, if, uh, you know, if you want to check that out, and, uh, again, I'm not sure what that's, it doesn't really show resilience. The, The class is supposed to be about resilience, right? But not letting go of something that was bad for you or hurtful to you is not resilience. (laughs) resilience is kind of the opposite resilience is letting it go man yeah resilience is letting it go and moving forward resilience is not pining and moaning over past mistakes or past failures (laughs) yeah you wicked witch of the east oh as he starts the video. So this was supposed to be the victory speech that I would have delivered on election night in New York on November the 8th of 2016. I've never shared this with anybody. I've never read it aloud. Well, of course, you, you freaking lost. But it helps to encapsulate who I am, what I believe in, and what my hopes were for the kind of country that I want for my grandchildren and that I want for the world, that I believe in America at its best. Sister, you are one of the most corrupt lizards that has ever crept and crawled through the beltway. You you are absolute scum. You, you really are. Corrupt as the day is long, man. So if you're having digestive problems or if you're maybe if you're feeling a little bunched up, you know, you got some constipation going, then I would recommend this video. It might loosen things up a bit for you. Just saying. But as far as having any educational value, ah. Eh, Unless you're currently, uh, you know, studying ab psych, you know, uh, I don't know if uh, this, this video will have any other value for you. If you're an ab psych major, yeah, possibly. So there you go. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555 if you have any comments. Do you feel bad for Hillary because she just can't let it go? She's still so sad. Sad face emoji. Four exclamation points. And you feel bad for it, and you think I'm being a meanie head. Well, then you call me up. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is Jamie Markley wishing you a Merry Christmas from everyone at Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> Newstalk 550 KTSA. I'm um, Sean. Welcome back to the show. So Pope Francis has declared that sins of the flesh are not as, as are not as serious spiritual sins like pride or hatred. So grab you some, okay? Well, <laughs> not that way, Chris. Uh, he's uh, giving an interview for a French magazine, Le Pointy. Oh, Le Pointy. Because Paris, Paris Archbishop Michel Apouti, <laughs> I don't know. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really care either way. <laughs> Michel Apouti 
Uh, <laughs> apparently, it was found out that he was uh, giving massages and uh, small caresses to his secretary. They were consensual, but he's an archbishop. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a bozo no-no, right? Probably bad form there. Bad form there, dude. And uh, so, uh, is it funny, though, that the French archbishop, archbishop is the handsy one? <laughs> well, being French myself, I find it no surprise that this is, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, is the it, case. You know what I mean? Is oui, that oui. funny? What? Wee 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 wee. You are looking good today. Would you like to confess? <laughs> Shall I give you something to confess? You know, masseuse is a French word. Give me masseuse. <laughs> My little peach. Do the sign of the cross here and here and here. I know. <laughs> and here and here and here. Oh, God. <laughs> now the front. Um, so the Pope, who is a hip, Pope Francis, he's the hippie Pope, right? He's a progressive Pope. That's why he's always poping off. And uh, so he tells Le Pointy. Because uh, the, the Archbishop ended up resigning. And Pope, what's his name again? M- Michel. <laughs> Michel uh, Apouti. Yeah. The ladies call him Mikey Apps. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Michael Apple. Well, I can't say that. Because <laughs> the T's at the end there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike, Michel Apouti. And he resigned, and uh, uh, Pope Francis says that, yes, he had failed against the sixth commandment, that of adultery. He believed, <laughs> even the Pope had saying this crap, he believed the offense was not absolute since the prelate was accused of small caresses and massages. It was it was a failing of the sixth commandment, but not a total one, one of small caresses, massage massages given to his secretary, that is what the accusation is. There is a sin there, but not the worst kind. So he said he violated commandment 6.1. 6.1, right. <laughs> now, wait, and he made it to third base. Yeah, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. Full-on spiritual sin. First base, eh, little grab, little grab ass, eh, he's all right. I accepted his resignation, he said, basically because people knew this about him, so it would be hard for him to govern. Mm-hmm. Mm. So next time you see the Pope, get, grab his ass. Just you know, get, give the Pope a hey, come here, you. Just give his ass a little spank there. Hey, it's just a little. It's just a little sin. If I ever did meet the Pope, I'd grab his ass. You'd and pinch. I grab his ass. You'd pinch the Pontiff right I'd there. I'd pinch the Pontiff and say, "Hey, whoop, little sin, right? Come here, you," and like start giving him a massage. <laughs> it's like half a six. <laughs> Yeah, the Catholics really love him, man. <laughs> Conservative Catholics really dig this Pope, man. It's just a little sin. Just a little dinty, minty, minty smidge of a sin. Had he gone off the shoulders, it might have been different. You know, I'm no theologian, here, <laughs> as we all know. Right. <laughs> but I was always under the impression that, you know, there were no, there was, there's no fine print on these things. You know? <laughs> Yeah, well, depends. I guess they're adding it as much like yeah. the Constitution. Right. There are all these amendments going on. All these amendments. Yeah. You know, and, and well, the thing is, and, and kind of takes away from the luster of the document that is. You know. <laughs> well, priests are not supposed to. They're supposed to be celibate. Yeah, and that's the whole point. Personally, now I'm not. A, I'm not a Catholic. I just act like one. Okay, I just play one on TV. I'm Catholic light. Okay, my wife is Catholic. You're Catholic. She grew up at a Catholic church. My mother-in-law is very Catholic, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of Catholic, okay? <laughs> I take I take from many traditions that I have studied over the years. You're not quite communion wafer worthy at this No, point. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm... I'm <laughs> I got a smidge of Catholicism. I got a smidge of Hinduism. I got a smidge of Buddhism. I got a smidge of... Uh, You've got all the bases covered, pretty much. Uh, Lutheranism, uh, baptismism. Or Baptistism, you know, I got, I got a little bit of all. I, I, I've mixed it all together to sh- form me. Smorgasbord. Yeah, I got the Force here, here and there. I, I refer to the Force and Jedi thought on occasion. And fold that into my theology. <laughs> and I, and I got to be honest with you, I, I've always, I've never really gotten the whole priest must be celibate thing because I, 
Yeah. See, I'm, and I was a I went to an Episcopal church, uh, the Anglican communion for for many years in Colorado, and they can get married and they right. can, you know. Yeah. And I just think I don't know, I it the celibate celibacy thing. Now, if you're going to be a monk or something like that, I, I, that's a whole different story. But just for your rank and file priests to have to live that way, mm-hmm. I just think it would be healthier for right. them if they could have relationships and 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 get married and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. Because look at all the issues that we've had that have that have arisen in the Catholic Church as a result of that. Really, I mean, I'm, I'm not aware of any direct correlation between the two, but I'm sure it's there. I mean, it it has to be. I uh, you know, and I've known many priests over the years who were great great people, and yeah. you know, because we my Methodist church I went to as a kid worked very closely with the Catholic Church. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I, I just thought I always thought it would be kind of it's kind of almost an archaic idea at this point. Right. You know, yeah. it's funny whatever. You mentioned that, but when I was, I grew up Catholic, and when right. I was like six or seven, I had my first uh, trip to a Baptist church. And as we oh, were walking yeah. out, and as we were walking out, the minister standing there with his wife, and I looked at my mother. I'm like, "What? Keep <laughs> your eyes off my wife. You told Don't me. Don't be looking at my wife now. You can told I get me a witness? Can I get a witness now? Mom, can you keep your eyes off my wife? You couldn't. I told don't me. want you. I'll come down there and kick your ass. You told me they couldn't get married. Now you're changing the rules on me. No, Baptists can get married. Well, I didn't know that at six years old. Yeah, so, keep yeah. your eyes off my wife. Keep your eyes, keep, keep eyes off the Pastor Ray's wife there. <laughs> I come down there, the Holy Spirit kick you. Can I get a witness here? The bald guy's looking at my wife. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, Javier's there. He's waiting. I'm sorry. Oh. Javier, very quickly, what's on your mind? Man, don't let me stand next to you in a thunderstorm. And there's going to be one here pretty soon. You watch Texas weather. Man, lightning's going to strike you guys down. I'll oh, okay. I've been waiting for it for a long time, dude. 210 It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. People should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Uh, sit down, you little jerk. Five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. It's the Sean Show. You know who Mikey Weinstein is? Mikey Weinstein uh, is the guy who uh, created an organization called the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, also known as MRF. He's based out of Colorado, and uh, I've interviewed him before, and uh, he's always taken on, you know, crosses uh, on uh, uh, military bases uh if famously i think this is when i talked to him a few years back he was trying to get non-clergy clergy atheist clergy you know and uh, right now he's taking on reeds across america who as trade told you for 30 years they go to arlington they go to a lot of military you know for the fact they've been playing or, or placing reeds on the graves military graves it's a tradition it's been going on for a long time since 1992. And uh, as Trey pointed out on Warren Ryman, nobody, not one family has ever complained. It's just kind of a nice, respectful thing to do, to do at Christmas time to say, hey, you're not forgotten. It's really how I take it, right? It's Christmas, but you're not forgotten. Well, Mikey Weinstein and the Military Religious Freedom Foundation think that's horrible. Here's Mikey. This is what Mikey says. We have no problem if people reach out and want to wreath on their deceased veterans' graves, but to put them everywhere, to blanket them without permission of the surviving families is unconstitutional, an atrocity, and a disgrace. The grave sites of Christians and non-Christians alike will be adorned with this hijacked-from-paganism symbol of Christianity, circular and made of evergreen to symbolize everlasting life through Jesus Christ, whether the families of the deceased veterans like it or not. That's uh, their research director, Chris Rada, over there at Murph. 
Uh, <laughs> Weinstein also uh, told the Colorado Springs Gazette that the process of laying reeds should be an aspect of respect and that what they do is almost like a fundamentalist Christian gang sign to put a symbol of the Christian season of Christmas on any grave. Oh, God. Some people seriously need a hobby, yes? Here's the thing about Mikey Weinstein. He's a fame hog. I, 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 the fact that I'm even talking about him on the air is, is probably a bad thing. I'm giving him more press than he deserves. When I talked to him uh, years back, for I can't remember exactly what it was over, but he's one of these guys, it's kind of like PETA. You know, PETA always goes to the extremes. They're not trying to save whales or anything like that. It's always like, you know, you got to save the Siberian cockroach or something like that, you know. They go to extremes so people will pay attention to them. Weinstein's kind of that guy, too. You know, going after reeds across America and calling it an atrocity means Mikey Weinstein is in the news again, and he hasn't been for quite some time. Okay, he gets clicks on his stupid website. Uh, I, I gather people can make donations, and he gets to be the center of the te- of attention. When I talked to him, that was completely the vibe I got for because he didn't really have much of an argument for what he was saying. He's also one of those guys, and we get him on the air every now and again here, who they really know they know deep down they don't, not deep down and they know immediately that they don't really have a point or an argument to make. And so not having a point or an argument to make, they just kind of keep talking and talking, and they won't shut up. Mikey Weinstein's that guy. He's a total jerk. He's a jackass. He's a bottom feeder. And what is meant to be a memorial for our for folks in the, who have made the, the ultimate sacrifice to protect your rights and mine, and the magnificence of this country is meant to memorialize them and again say to them, You're not forgotten at Christmas time, and he's turned it into a publicity stunt. Well done, Mikey. You're a class act. You know, this is what, if there's something wrong with America, it's this. Because you know what? Into this, because Mikey thinks he knows, he, Mikey can speak for all the uh, families of the vets, right? He called it an atrocity. So essentially, he's making uh, an estimation of this of this chari- charitable event, uh, which is just a really nice thing to do, right? And he speak in a sense, he's speaking for all the vets and their families, and making an estimation of what it is according to Mikey Weinstein. We see a lot of that these days, right? The whole woke woke community, the whole woke culture is that, right? We know what should be offensive to you. We know what you should be upset about. You're too stupid to know, but we do. And if there's a weakness to America, it's that. Because apart from being just plain stupid and offensive in and of itself, it's through that opening that things like fascism, uh, you know, move and grow. Uh, this idea that one person or a certain section of the population, certain segment of the population, they know what's good for everybody. I mentioned earlier on the on the on the radio uh, in the morning that a new Monmouth uh, poll came out that says only two percent of Americans give a crap about climate change. Two percent. But the elites who are currently in control of things, they think you're so stupid that you don't realize how bad it is. They have to think for you. They're the ones who call climate change the greatest domestic threat to America, or the greatest threat in general that we are facing. It's a crisis. 2% of you give a crap about it or buy into it at all. Uh, You know, it's like Fauci uh, and his uh, comments on... uh, freaking covid you know and and how uh well you know sometimes people don't aren't aware of what the communal good is and that's when we got to have mandates i'm paraphrasing the little little jerk that's when we got to have mandates because the communal people don't people start thinking about their pesky rights and they don't understand the communal good 
So we have to, you know, dictate it to them, basically. What leads to fascism in the modern era, you know, in a sense, in my opinion, or the growth of the centralized state, is it's morons. It's stupid people. Stupid people provide the opening for governments to take over everything. And they do it in the modern era, they do it in a sense on the same precept of that old story, the emperor wears no clothes. Remember that? Where the emperor, uh, you know, the, the tailor, uh, I can't forget, I forget why, but the tailor who was, you know, uh, who was uh, uh, told to make the, the emperor uh, a beautiful new robe hadn't done it. And so the emperor or the, the tailor to the emperor says, this is the most beautiful robe I've ever made. And it's also magical. And the emperor asks, what's magical about it? Stupid people can't see it. Only smart people can see it. It's invisible to morons. Now, of course, the emperor can't see it. Not wanting uh, the tailor to know that he's a moron, he pretends to see it and to put it on, right? And then the emperor, buck-ass naked, goes walking through the court, and he announces, only intelligent people can see this robe. Well, nobody can see it. He's buck-ass naked. Does anybody acknowledge it? No. Because you don't want people to think they're stupid. And that's how things work these days. If you're going to lose America, you're going to lose America that way. You know what I mean? In that there's a lot of people who form very passionate worldviews and very passionate opinions, passionate opinions about things, and they have no idea what they're talking about. But if the right person tells them something, and they have the right letter at the end of their name, will they just swallow it whole? And that's why you can tell people, uh, you know, there's more than two genders. And if a person, if a dude says that he's a woman, he he actually is a woman. If the right person says it, okay. Omicron is going to kill you. Make sure you got that mask on and keep your kids home. And uh, everybody get vaccinated, or you can't go anywhere. Okay. Diet, diet, diet. It's a shame too. If we, you know, we, yesterday we remembered Pearl Harbor, which led to one of the most amazing and magnificent military mobilizations the world has ever seen, that ultimately saved the world. Okay, just so in the year twenty twenty one. If a dude says he's a he's a he's a girl, he's a girl. Okay. Two one zero five. You know, in other words, if we lose this country, and I'm going to say I say it all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it, if we lose this country, which we very may, we very, might very well lose it. I don't know. It's pretty dicey. If we in fact lose this country and it stops being what it is and becomes something other, it will primarily be because of stupid people. Okay, we we will not lose the country to some great ideology. That sweeps the nation. We will not lose the country because of some intellectual revolution. We will lose the country because of morons. Stupid people who don't see the robe and just cannot admit it. 210-599-5555. What do you think about that? 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. 22 minutes after 10. <laughs> yeah. Trey was saying uh, on Wear and Rhyme, uh, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, if you haven't heard it, that some of the classic Christmas movies are now woke, right? Or, or they're being uh, attacked by the woke crowd, right? It's a Wonderful Life is misogynist because he kisses his, his wife without, you know, asking her permission. And uh, he yells at her. And I forget some of the other ones. Uh, oh, oh, uh, the Tim, uh, Tim Allen Santa Claus movie is fatphobic. You couldn't see any of that crap coming, could you? 
I don't. It's a Wonderful Life. I hadn't seen that movie. I somehow avoided that movie my entire life until I was a fully grown adult in Colorado. And I didn't like that movie because it's freaking depressing. It's three hours of misery of watching this guy's life suck just so a freaking bell can ring at the very end. I, I know, but that's, Chris says that's the point, but that's a long slog, man. Let's talk about Christmas stuff for a second. Have, have they shown Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer yet? Has that aired yet? That was always my kind of my favorite of the uh, animated uh, uh, Rankin-Bass specials. But I, I don't know why. I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to talk about next during the commercial break because that's, that's how I run the show. <laughs> so I figure out what I'm going to talk about during the commercial break in between Chris telling me dirty jokes. And uh, and I was thinking, it thought just popped into my head. Remember the little kid that was wanted to be a dentist? He didn't want to be an elf. I want to be a dentist. We're a couple of misfits. Don't you kind of think that it's like, because he seemed a little gay. I mean, I'm just saying, look, I'm just saying, don't you think the dentist thing was more code for I'm gay because he just you know, I, and that's cool if he was gay. I got nothing wrong. Nothing. nothing I'm not saying I, I got nothing against gay people. They tend to be more interesting than straight people. I'm just saying I always felt the wanting to be a de- and I'm not saying that dentists are gay. Okay, I'm just saying that Don Morgan he, he seemed a little gay, and I think the dentist thing was a metaphor for wanting to come out of the elf closet. And say, I, I want to be gay. You want to be what? I'm just saying, the dentist thing I was always kind of a metaphor right. for the guy. He actually was gay. <clears throat> You're thinking Hermie the Elf. Hermie the Elf with the, you know, the hair. Right. Gay looking hair. Yeah. And sort of a high pitched feminine voice. Mm-hmm. Well, his voice is high pitched because he's an elf. He's only about, you know, eight inches tall. Yeah, but his boss was, what? You want to be a dentist? I'm just saying. I always thought Hermie was gay, right? So perhaps if he had, you know, chosen a professional well, like construction worker, or hairstylist, yeah. cosmetologist, I don't want to make toys. I want to do hair. I'm just saying. I always thought that de- because when did that show come out? Early '60s? Yeah, sometimes '65. I think you're not going to have a gay elf in 1965. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm sure they existed, but you just didn't hear about them. You're you're sure gay elves yeah. existed in 1965? Yeah, they've been around forever, I'm sure. Well, literally, because they <laughs> tend to live for like 900 years. Yeah, right? I'm just saying. So that's a thought that crosses your mind. <laughs> it just popped in my head. Well, I used to the, think that earlier. The, like, the sexuality of Hermie the Elf crosses like, your mind as you're watching Rudolph. Dude, drop the dentist thing and just come on out, man. Come on out, baby. Be happy. Go live your life on the island of misfit toys. Not that being gay makes you a misfit. <laughs> right. So is that you're gonna tie everything in that into that pro in that program up to <laughs> just Hermes lifestyle. You know, it just you know Does he collect figurines? You know, I'm just you know, he doesn't want to make toys. But he, he likes you know <laughs> the Judy Garland of, movies. The island of misfit toys a stand in for Fire Island in New York. I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make toys. I want to go home and play some Barry Manilow. <laughs> Rudolph, it's a Barry Manilow uh, holiday at uh, at Hermie's house. We're going to watch Judy Garland movies and listen to Barry Manilow sing show tunes. <laughs> You're wrong. What is wrong with you? I'm just saying. You know, I... I, I that, that, that never once my crossed my mind. It never it? popped into your head that Hermie was gay. No. Not once. Not at one time. It never Chris, now, did the, that ever pop into your head? The cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz, yeah, but never Hermie the Why Elf. Why did you think he was gay? Well, you know, just... I thought the Tin Man might have a little swish to him. Maybe. But the lion... Yeah. But he was trying to be so masculine. Nice. Was he a repressed gay lion? It could be. Forget the scarecrow. Hey! <laughs> 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 oh, no. Come on. <laughs> oh, what is wrong with you? Both of you. I'm just saying it always kind of popped in my head like, where's well, a gay little elf? When, I think this, the dentist thing is it's not really about being a dentist. It's about he's a misfit because he's gay. 
Okay. That's what I'm saying. Right. And that was the, that was the cool. mindset back then in the 60s. Which... Well, in the 60s, you couldn't have a gay elf. Right. So I'm just, it was a little too early for that. Now, when did this thought first now cross you, your now mind? Now you, you could have all, you could have gay elves all over the place. Transgendered elves, uh, queer fluid elves. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. it's almost mandatory. You know, but then. No. You couldn't nope. have no gay damn elf. At what age were you when the. The prospect of Hermie the Elf being gay crushed. Yeah, I was always kind of lingering there in the back of my right. head. Like, what about Jack in the Box? I don't think this the is Jack about... in the Box or Charlie in the Box. Did I ever... just thought he was manic depressive. Okay. I just thought he needed some meds. Settle down a bit. You right. know, obviously the little doll character lived on the streets at some point. <laughs> Had a rough life. <laughs> a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, Hermie. That's how I ended up on the island of misfit toys. Well, I always figured the drug metaphor is what they said for the heat miser. Heat miser, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. Now, Give me it. another bump! <laughs> um, I need my fix now! Well, I mean, uh, you know, and uh, uh, who, was the, who was the lumberjack guy in Rudolph? Oh, Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. Yeah. He might have been gay, too. He might have been like some repressed gay guy who just, you know, went over the top of the macho thing. But he's really like, you know, broke back mountain inside, you know? <laughs> Looking pretty good there, Hermie. <laughs> you know, some gay guys, they go completely the opposite direction. They try to be overly macho so you don't know they're gay. Have a flannel kimono. <laughs> flannel kimono. Yeah, you know, they just put the macho thing on a little too much. That's all I'm saying. I found that suspect. You thought suspect. he was overcompensating. Or, I, th- I thought he was hiding something. All right. I thought he had the hots for Hermie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what do you think? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Hey, Hermie, you want to come over? For, I just made some flan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what what led you to come to these conclusions. <laughs> this thoughts are popping in my head. I, you know, maybe I want to know what you were drinking at the time, but other than that, I do. No, I came up with this stuff, stone cold sober, man. Yeah. That's the disturbing part. So I'm, I'm sure that back in the days of when they were, you know, producing these programs, the folks at Rankin and Bass were thinking, how many innuendos can we well, stick we in can't, this? Well, the elf can't be gay. It's 1965. Let's make him a, I don't know, proctologist, uh, dentist, dentist, yeah, let's do a dentist. Rick, can you put, can I put, can you put Rick on hold again? Cause I, I, I we're out of time. Rick and, uh, Mike, hang on. Mike wants to talk about HJs and, uh, Rick wants to talk about gay elves. That's coming up next on Newstalk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. I got full lines for some bizarre reason. We were talking about uh, Hermie the Elf on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Do you think he was gay and the dentist thing was just, you know, just saying. Here's Rick. Rick. And it's cool if he was gay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being gay. Here's uh, Rick. Rick, Rick, what's going on with you? (laughs) Oh, not a lot. Just enjoying your show, man. God bless you. It's great. That's all you want to call about? Oh, yeah. You ever noticed the elf with the the big boss elf resembled? I didn't notice when I was younger, but he looks like Jerry Nadler, man. Or Jerry Nadler looks like. He kind of does look like Jerry Nadler. I swear, I seen him on one of them stupid committees he was holding. (laughs) And good God almighty, that came into my mind. And I'm going, he looks just like that. Fat elf on, you know, the boss elf. <laughs> yeah, if he'd have made his ass a little years. bigger, if they'd have made his ass a little bigger on the on the old Rudolph show, he would have looked just like Jerry Nadler. You're right, man. Excellent observation. Oh, man. Yeah, hey, there's another one. I, I, I don't know how long ago it was that I heard you on the radio, but it was the early first time, and I always it was early in the morning, and you always go, wakey, wakey. Eggs and bakey. <laughs> wakey, wakey, eggs well, and bakey. I, yeah, well, I changed that a little bit. I was, it's wakey, wakey, time to bakey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Until gone, man. All right, we'll see you, man. me, man. You too, man. Wakey, wakey, time to bakey. I actually used to say that when I do mornings. I, I was got that from uh, Kill Bill. Remember when uh, Michael Madsen says that? After he tries to wake up, boom, I throw, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Then he dumps her in a hole. Uh, Mike, you're on Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. What are you thinking? Hey, Sean, love your show. Thank you. Hey, 
before I get to my point, how does it feel to get better ratings than Chris Como talking about <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? <laughs> I get it because he got fired. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> we're doing that. pretty good right now on this show. <laughs> a lot better than him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, it just goes to show what happens when you tell the truth. Right. The line. Right. But, Precisely. Uh, so have you ever been in a place called the Rusty Rudder or the Purple Parrot? Where's that? In Rehoboth or Oh yeah, uh, the Rusty Rudder. I remember the Rusty Rudder in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, yeah. Yeah, man. So uh to clarify the H J thing, uh dolphins, which I don't know if you've ever gone out in the ocean, uh dolphins apparently are kinda like people. They get they're just weird. Okay. Put that they get worked up. They get worked up and I guess they're the them and humans are the only two mammals that just that do that. For fun, dolphins well, and humans are it. They well, they don't go flippering, but flippering. <laughs> I told, I promised Chris I wouldn't make him hit the dump button. Right. But that's funny. I think I had heard that at some point in my life well, that only humans out. and dolphins sort of engage in that behavior for fun. Yeah, yeah. That's funny, so man. <laughs> Is there oh, such yeah. a thing as dolphin porn? Like Flipper and uh, and fishnets. Well, I guess they would. Well, you wouldn't want to see Flipper and fishnets because that's a bad thing. Well, dolphins creep me out because have you ever seen that Hitchhiker's Guide movie? Oh yeah. Yeah, they got like they're they're smarter than us apparently. I, I think they might be. Hey man, I appreciate the call. <laughs> Take care. Yeah. Dolphins. I, my God. So dolphin. What's that? Fins of sin. Fins of sin. <laughs> <laughs> Madison Bubbles in <laughs> Flippers of Sin from Vestron Video. Flipper does Florida. Flipper does Florida. <laughs> well, you know, this, this explains why they're smiling all the time. Well, it must be whales, too, because dolphins are just little whales, basically. Yeah. Moby Dick. <laughs> Moby Dick does Nantucket. <laughs> 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 is, is there dolphin porn? How do we get here, man? I don't know. But you How know, do we get to dolphin porn? Perhaps if sharks would partake in that activity, they wouldn't be so grumpy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a lot fewer sharks. It releases a lot of tension there, uh, Jaws. <laughs> nope, just want to eat you. <laughs> just want to eat you. That's why the T-Rex was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be a little difficult. <laughs> I can't believe this show. Oh, what in the world? That's why they were all just pissed uh, off and running around chasing after Jeeps. <laughs> tiny little hands. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these? All right. Uh, 210. <laughs> Taking your calls on dolphin porn. Uh, 210 it would have helped if they would have been able to jump out of the water and do flips and stuff. Do what? The T-Rex. Then they'd be able to... <laughs> right. Oh, I have, you've lost me. Both of you have lost me now. You can't be cute on land with short arms. You can be cute in the water. <laughs> right. They could launch themselves out of the water and do a flip. And hey, try, baby. Balance a ball on their nose. Right. You, you cannot on. be cute. It's easier to flirt in the water. You cannot be cute on land with short arms. Just ask Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> He's got little T-Rex arms. Big head. Can't catch a chair. Oh, <laughs> can't catch a chair. All right, let's, uh, uh, let's take a break. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. This is Dave Ramsey. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us at News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA and a very bizarre edition of this show. Like the tame episodes that we do normally. Two and zero. I don't even know what the hell we're talking about now. Dolphin porn. I don't know. Two and zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Charles. Whatever you want to talk about. Charles, how are you? I'm doing great. You touched on something earlier. It, What's that? It's true. Uh, yeah, and I have a big escaping one. As a matter of fact, my my son's uh, godfather is, is that way, and uh, he, he used to be my best friend until this beautiful girl got a hold of him and did something to him, and he never been the same. But anyway. <laughs> it, anyway, no. You're right when you say misfits, because they do consider themselves misfits. They do have problems of their own, and a lot of them have a real hard time dealing with it, at least the ones that I used to know. And so I have...
sudden you go, you did touch on something because they couldn't they couldn't say he was gay back in '65, so they had to use some other analogy. Well, I just I always can I be it's only serious. Like I always thought, well, the dentist thing is just a metaphor for being gay. And again, I, I, I have nothing against gay people at all. I got, I have gay friends. You know, it's just, uh, I always felt that that's kind of what they were doing with that character. Because exactly. he wants to be a dentist, you know, that just seems so contrived. <laughs> misfit. In other words. Misfit. Like said, misfit. So. Right. Okay. Well, I just right. mentioned it. You hit it right on the nose. All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. We're a couple of misfit. Well, you know, we're all kind of a mis, we're all a misfit of some kind or another. To think about it. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Craig Tamanaha, 49 years of age, is the weirdo who set the uh, uh, the Christmas tree outside the Fox Studios on fire. They got him, but of course, it being New York, they released him without bail. <laughs> And so he promptly went out and started screaming at some reporters. Then he bummed a smoke off somebody. Then he went down to the court uh, courtroom where Ghislaine Maxwell is being tried. And he dropped his pants and flashed his junk at the, at the reporters. <laughs> his own father says he's nuts and he can't do anything about him. But that you know, we, we had this uh, this uh, Gascon, I think is his name, out out in uh, L.A. The the Attorney General out there, who was talking about all the great progress they've made uh, again, you know, by by focusing more on the perpetrators and the victims, being more equitable in the in the jail system, and of course, you know, there's smash and grabs going on constantly. The homicide rate is up in L.A. And so uh, in New York, of course, you know, they got this low bail thing. And and so they let this guy out. He set a 50-foot Christmas tree on fire. And they let him go last night. Or this morning, I guess. And the first thing he does is start flashing his junk at some reporters. (laughs) Yeah, because that stuff really works well, doesn't it? Stuff works really, really well, man. Let them out in that way. You know, and we're seeing this across the country where, you know, you have these low bail policies or no bail policies, and they let them out, and they go right out and offend again. They do something else, do something jacked up as soon as they get out the out the cage. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I don't know when. And this is, uh, and what's going on right now is that a lot of uh, prominent liberals are acting like this guy out in L.A., are acting like it's not happening. AOC, well, the data doesn't doesn't support this idea that this is happening. It's their own policies that led to this uptick in violent crime. And they're acting like it's not going on. And if you want to talk about a loser for the Democrat Party, well, that would be it. That would be it right there. Because this affects people in their lives, in their neighborhoods. Right? And when it gets personal, politics, they, they put politics aside. And they, a lot of the elitist jerks who are all about this defund the police, reimagine the police, we got to make the jail system more equitable, it's not fair that people with money can get out on bail. But they don't have to live in these neighborhoods where this crime is going on. It's, you know, it's not their prob. And uh, that's uh, the part of it that is, I think, the most disturbing. They got personal security in their neighborhoods. They live in gated communities. Not something they're ever going to have to worry about. Not actually in their world. Well, maybe eventually they would. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's sick, man. It's really sick. So, yeah, there's that. So if you want to, any comments, we've got a couple minutes left here if you want to comment on that. 210-599-5555. We're getting down to wrapping with Jack here. Uh, in fact, I think, uh, tomorrow is the last day as far as making donations. Uh, all of our sponsors are drop-off points, and those boxes are still out there. So if you want to drop off some toys, uh, for a needy family here in San Antonio, Jack's been at this for a long, long time, man. It's a San Antonio tradition. Uh, brought to you by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. 
through tomorrow. Uh, again, all the all of the sponsors are drop off locations. Uh, a complete list of all the stuff we're collecting this year is at the website ktsa.com. You can also donate cash online, which is uh, an easy way to help out, or shop the Amazon gift list. Brought to you in part by River City Oral Surgery, Copenhagen Contemporary Furniture, and the Institute for Functional Health. So you still got time to make a donation. Again, you can do that either on the website as a cash donation, uh, or do that uh, uh, just go to one of our uh, drop-off locations. Any of our, all of our sponsors are drop-off locations, and make somebody happy for Christmas, man. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Do you think Hermie the Elf was gay? And I'm not. You know what? When I say that, I'm not being a jerk. I'm really not. I'm just saying that at that time, they couldn't have had a gay elf. So instead of making him gay, even though Chris, wouldn't you say that he was like the most effeminate elf there on the on the program? Had kind of a swish in his hair. I'm just saying they couldn't have said. Gay elf at that time, so they made him a dentist. I want to be a dentist. And I'm not being a jerk in saying that. I'm just saying it's something that popped into my head. I'm also very happy that we got to, uh, you know, basically define what HJ means uh, on the air today. This has been the highlight of my career thus far. Yesterday, I, I called Matthew Dowd an HJ because, well, he is one. And we started off the show with somebody who didn't know what H.J. meant. Her name was Linda. I wonder if she asked that co-worker. I wonder if she's still employed. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, uh, Don Morgan, and my good buddy Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.